Hello, and welcome to RFID Insider, a show that discusses all things RFID and the technology's impact across all industries. I'm Suzanne Smiley. You can find past episodes at our website, rfidinsider.com, and be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. In this episode, Debbie Power will be joining us from JDAC to talk about RFID reader modules, specifically about what you should know about them, how they are used, and any necessary accessories. Let's get started. But first, a word from our sponsor. RFID Insider is presented by Atlas RFID Store, a leading provider in enterprise RFID technology. Start your project today at atlasrfidstore.com. Hi, I'm Suzanne Smiley, and I'm here with Debbie Power, the sales manager at JDEC. How are you doing today, Debbie? I'm great. Thanks, Suzanne. So tell us a little bit about JDAC and ThingMagic. I know, you know, now they're together as far as the the brand goes. Tell us about that transition and and those two companies. So JDAC specializes in embedded detection and analysis solutions, which are used by OEMs and systems integrators. And our core technologies for delivering those solutions include RFID, machine vision, barcode, printing, and computing products. We provide both off-the-shelf as well as optimized subsystems for specific customer applications and products. So an example customer is the manufacturer of a clinical analyzer. We help by designing a subsystem that identifies tagged test tubes traveling through the device, use machine vision to detect color and fluid level, and then that information is coded into the RFID tag on the test tube. JEDEX worked with medical OEMs for a long time and were well-recognized in that space. But we also have strong experience in non-medical vertical markets, including retail, advanced industrial, and manufacturing. So getting to the ThingMagic brand, we offer a full portfolio of RFID reader writers, which we call our ThingMagic RFID product line. The line includes both HF and RAIN UHF technologies, which are offered as embedded modules, fixed and finished readers, handheld RFID readers, and we support those with both accessories and services. For the purposes of today's discussion, I'll focus primarily on our RAIN UHF embedded module family available through Atlas RFID. Um, And about me, I joined ThingMagic in 2009, so I've been working with OEMs and their RAIN UHF RFID designs for over eight years. And I've also had the pleasure of working with the excellent team at Atlas RFID for most of that time. Well, great. Yeah, thanks for that shout out. I think that we definitely have the right person to talk about this RFID reader module with, considering that you work with them and you've been in the industry for so long. Tell us a little bit about what RFID reader modules are. If you think in the big picture of a complete RAIN UHF RFID system, it includes the reader, antennas, and the tags that are applied to the items that you're tracking. And then the system requires power and a way to back all the data. The typical finished reader is an enclosure containing the UHF radio subsystem, a host processor, network board, power adapter, and physical connectors. Reader modules are that packaged radio subsystem. They're often chosen to enable application-specific devices and products which already have their own host processor, communications board, and power source. Since they're a subsystem, UHF RFID modules have to be built into or embedded into the product design. In terms of what they look like physically, they're a very small printed circuit board with shielded electronic components with connectors for RF, data, power, and GPIO. And they can vary a lot in size and features. They can go from about two-thirds the size of a business card 
down to the size of a postage stamp. Oh, wow. That's a pretty big range. So what can people actually do since it's not a full reader, you know, like you were saying before that Thing Magic offers? What can people do with an actual RFID reader module? Yeah, so at a high level, they do the same thing as, as RFID does by enabling businesses to identify, locate, authenticate, and engage with people and things. Popular uses for the embedded RAIN UHF modules are printers, which can be used for encoding tags embedded into rolls of barcode labels, or luggage tags at airlines, or hang tags for apparel or other merchandise. They can also be used for mobile computing devices. That would include handheld barcode scanners, inventory wands, rugged tablets. They can be built into RFID-enabled cabinets, shelves, refrigerators, and vending machines for keeping track of what's inside of those enclosures. Utility companies are building RFID-enabled service vehicles to track their mobile inventory. So you can marry the module with the other electronics that are already built into the service vehicle. There are point-of-sale devices for reading tagged merchandise and generating the sales slip. And then a common application is portals at entranceways, dock doors, start and finish lines of races, and along conveyor belts. Okay, great. So they can be used pretty much as as much as regular finished readers can be. I mean, all along these different use cases and, and built into printers and that sort of a thing. So they have a lot of flexibility, it seems like. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, and now I know you just mentioned some specifics of applications, but can you tell us about the applications as far as like what industries can use RFID reader modules? Or And, and I know we're, we're saying that the reader module can pretty much be used in most cases that the full reader can. But there are any specific applications that you can think of that are using RFID reader modules right now? Yes. So in the healthcare space, the modules can be built into a pharmaceutical cabinet or tray and used to make sure everything required is present and that there are no medications that have passed their expiration dates. They can be built into small handheld devices that might be used for locating an ultrasound machine in a hospital or an elder in, in a care facility. They could be built right into medical devices, so they could authenticate the correct reagent or supply, or be used to calibrate an instrument that's attached to the medical device so that the instrument will behave according to the attachment that it detects. They can also obtain via barcode or machine vision and store that data on the tag. So those are some examples in the medical space. In the retail space, there are, again, application-specific Devices that are built beyond what's used for fixed readers. So again, you know, tracking merchandise through the manufacturing process to the distribution centers and warehouses into the back of a room of a store, to the store floor, to POS and out to security gates. And this use case really leverages the value of the tag when it's applied at point of manufacture. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, I think that these are pretty, you know, useful little reader modules. And I know that they're, you know, a little bit less expensive than the regular readers. So it just makes them a little bit easier to to get into these fields like retail and healthcare. And I'm just glad that they're being used a lot of places. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. Okay, so JDAC has several HF and UHF RFID reader modules. Can you tell me a little bit about each of your modules? I know they differ, and I know a few things that they differ about, but I guess can you go through the four, the M6E, the Micro, the Micro LTE, and the Nano? Sure. First, let me tell you about what's the same for all of them. We talk about these modules as the M6E module family because they have a common architecture and user interface. And that makes it easy for an OEM to move from one to the other 
and optimize each of their designs. So for all of the M6E family, they are supported by the same Mercury API, which allows application development in three programming languages, c or .NET for Windows, Java for Linux, and C for iOS. So software written for one module can be used for the others. They also all carry certifications or are pre-screened for compliance with UHF requirements, which vary country by country around the world. And they all support the EPC Gen 2 V2 protocol based on the ISO 18063 standard. And for a rundown of how each module is different, I'll start with the M6E at the top of the line. It's the most powerful at 1.4 watts with adjustable transmit power from 0 to 31.5 dBm. It's capable of up to 750 tag reads per second. It has four MMCX antenna ports, and it's our largest module at 2.7 by 1.7 inches. It's typically used in products that need four or more antennas, and it can be multiplexed to 32 antennas. And the higher power output compensates for the power loss associated with longer cable runs. And then in the middle of the family are the micro and the micro LTE. These can transmit from negative 5 to positive 30 dBm, and they have two antenna ports. In size, they're about 1 inch by under 2 inches. They're physically the same, the two different models, micro and micro LTE, but they vary in just one respect. The micro is capable of 750 tag reads per second, and the micro LTE can do up to 50 tag reads per second. And these modules have two mounting options. You can use either the physical connectors for RF, data, power, GPIO, or you can solder them down to your board using edge via connections. And then our smallest module is the Nano at less than one square inch. That's half the size of the micro, similar in dimensions to a postage stamp. It can transmit from zero to 27 dBm and has one antenna port. The Nano is solder down only, and it comes in a tape and reel, so it can be applied to the OEM's PCB along with other components. One of the design goals for the Nano was to make it absolutely as small as possible, so that's why we eliminated any external connectors. Yeah, that all makes sense, and you can definitely tell them apart. I mean, just going down the family and realizing, I mean, the, I have seen the Micro and the Micro LTE do have very similar form factors, so it is important to know about their read rate that separates them. And the Nano is just as small as what you're saying. It's tiny. Yeah, so many of our OEMs may use different modules for different products. So, for example, if you make a cabinet in a small, medium, and large sizes, you can use the Nano, the Micro, and the Micro M6E for, you know, each of those cabinets. So it gives customers a lot of flexibility. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the size is definitely a a big factor. So is there one or two things that you would tell somebody? I know you just described all the differences and what they have in common. But there are one of the two things that you could tell listeners or someone looking to purchase one of these that can really shed some light on the specific differences, you know, kind of like, okay, this is the smallest one. If you want a powerhouse reader with a higher read rate, you know, go with the M6E. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I think of it as kind of, you know, the most powerful is the M6E at 1.4 watts and four antenna ports down to the micro and the micro LTE, which are two antenna ports and they go from negative 5 to 30 dBm, and then down to the nano, which is the one antenna port 0 to 27 dBm module. Okay, perfect. You summed it up really well then. I do want to know, there aren't really, like I said earlier, there aren't too many UHF RFID reader modules on the market. What made JDAC and ThingMagic decide to focus on UHF RFID? 
and choose these reader modules as a core product category. Yeah. So first, we anticipated that the RAIN UHF RFID market would grow significantly because of the flexibility and read range from very close to 30 to 40 feet away. And then we felt as that market grew, that there would be a requirement for more and more RFID-enabled application-specific devices that are better served by embedded modules. So we've actually been making modules for over 10 years. When you think about whether to use a finished or box reader versus an embedded module, there are a few driving factors. First is a make versus buy decision. So if you're building a small number of products, finished readers provide the quickest time to market. But when annual volumes pick up, the cost of engineering an embedded solution into your device can be justified by the streamlined bill of materials because you're eliminating duplicate enclosures, processors, and power adapters. And then a second consideration is form factor. Many applications require very small UHF devices or radios that can only be met with a tiny module. And then third is a single worldwide SKU. Different countries have different frequency requirements within the 860 to 960 megahertz UHF band. And our modules are built with multiple transmit paths so that a single SKU will comply with different countries around the world. And the result is that a single SKU can be built into the OEM's product. Then when the OEM knows where the product will be shipped, the region can be set through software. If you contrast that to a finished reader, which must be manufactured with a permanent regional setting and then labeled for that region, that means that if the OEM ships to Europe, China, India, and the U.S., for instance, they'd have to carry inventory of four different finished reader SKUs. And then the fourth thing that made us want to get into this is firmware control. Think Magic modules are in their sixth generation, and we've developed a very mature, reliable firmware. And as market demands change, we can add functionality through the firmware. For example, we can support custom commands and protocols required for specialty tags used in the rail market or that provide security in retail or sense environmental conditions such as temperature, pressure, or humidity. So that's really the summary of why we think um, modules can provide quite an advantage. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I agree. I like the way that you compared and contrasted the different thoughts that y'all had behind it and kind of, you know, what led y'all to the conclusion of reader modules were going to be a big thing on the market, especially for people that don't need, you know, as much that the full reader contains and can get away with using like a smaller piece and and embedding. So I I think that's that's a great strategy. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. So thinking about someone does want to purchase an RFD reader module. What would you suggest that they do to get started? I know that you can't really just get one of these out of the box and start going, perhaps. What is your suggestion, you know, from someone that's worked with these for so long of how someone will get started using them? Yeah, so we we recommend starting with a development kit. And to back up a little, when considering using RFID for a solution, we highly recommend that the first step is to identify all the use cases for your application. What is being tagged, the orientation of the tag relative to the antenna, antenna placement options, and the overall environment. And then the next is to test the many alternatives for tags, antennas, and reader settings for each of those use cases. And then you would finally design a system that optimizes performance for all the use cases. Well, a development kit helps you follow that process. So it makes it really easy to get started, gives you the module mounted in a test chassis with sample antenna and tags. So you just hook it up to your PC, Download our Universal Reader Assistant tool, we call it URA, and start reading tags in under an hour. 
And that way it gives you robust RF connectors to try a bunch of different antennas. You're not dealing with the little MMCX connectors on the module. And then URA enables you to adjust the transmit power, the duty cycle, the different Gen 2 settings, or you can let URA choose those settings for you and test your use case. The development kit is also ideal for developing the software that processes the tag read data and delivers them to your host system. And then it's always a good idea to have a dev kit after you've defined your product because it can help you with troubleshooting of your design because you know you can put your module into a known good testing environment. Right. That, that someone else has already tested with and knows that it works. So test it, you know, using that development kit and see what the results are in a positive environment that does work. And the development kits usually include tags as well. So that's something else that they can be using to test with and see kind of what the results are from, from their product that they're designing. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, so I also know, because I've, I've seen them, there are a few different accessories that you can buy along with these reader modules. Um, and I don't think everybody knows a whole lot about those. I know they're, they're really small, actually, like a postage stamp size, but it gives them added functionality that they don't have before that plug-in. So can you talk to us a little bit about looking through what the added functionality that we can have is and also, you know, why you would need one or, or the other or why not just buy all of them? <laughs> right. <laughs> Probably two main suggestions for accessories that I could make. First is where the micro, the micro LTE and the nano can be soldered down. We supply those products soldered to a carrier board and then that carrier board has a heat sink. And it has MMCX connectors and a 15-pin connector for power communications and GPIO. So that makes it a lot easier to work with, not necessarily for the development test and the initial testing that I was talking about, but OEMs will often use these to produce prototypes to test the market for their device with their key customers before committing to a final design and, and spinning their own board, which is ultimately what you will do with a micro, micro LTE or nano. And then another useful accessory is an antenna multiplexer or MUX that can expand the number of RF ports and antennas that can be used. Okay. And um, aren't there also the little like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth plugins that you can purchase as well? I think there's one for PoE. Yes. Yes. Good question. So yes, we have a product that is called the Sensor Hub. And that gives you a platform where you can try different adapters that are commonly used on the market. And that would include GPS, Wi-Fi, PoE, and Bluetooth. So if you were building a device that needed to have those kind of communication devices, make it very easy to adapt those. Okay. And so if you wanted Thanks to... Thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah. So if you wanted to actually use those devices, you would have to or use Wi-Fi, use GPS, that sort of thing. You would have to purchase the sensor hub for that to happen? Yes. Okay. I'm just make, making sure because I didn't know if you could actually plug those in directly on the chassis that it came on, say, in the development kit or if you had to have the sensor hub. So, yes, that is that is good. So now I know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if I order a reader module development kit, say, like the M6E, what are the, some of the main steps that you can tell me, basically just tips, on how I could get it running? So, like, if I unpack it out of the box and I'm looking at my M6E module, do you have any tips on getting started and, and actually not just staring at it because you don't know exactly what to do? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it certainly comes with directions, but basically it's pretty simple. You get the development kit, you hook the antenna cable up to the chassis that I talked about that the M6E module is sitting on, 
and you connect the other end to the antenna. It'll come with a cable for connecting the chassis to your PC's USB port, and it'll have a power adapter. You just plug that into the wall, and it will have a bunch of tags that you can use for testing. I definitely recommend downloading Universal Reader Assistant because that's going to give you a off-the-shelf, easy-to-use package for reading tags and looking at which tags are responding and how often they're responding. It also allows you to test a variety of different reader settings, tags, antennas, use cases. Another tip is to familiarize yourself with the extensive documentation for the hardware, Universal Reader Assistant, and the Mercury API. They're all available on the web. And it's always a good idea to ask lots of questions. Yes. I know Atlas is, provides yeah, wonderful <laughs> <laughs> provides wonderful support, and a lot of times people have the same questions, so um, always always helps to ask. I definitely can say that I've used the URA personally with a couple of different ThingMagic readers, and it's so easy to use. It's like a really easy interface that you know exactly what's going on. You can change the settings, and there's really nothing that is not like a shock value. I kind of expected at first when I was going to log into any kind of RFID software that it was going to be this shock where I was like, I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but the way that y'all have arranged it and how it's clean and and easy to use and user-friendly, I just wanted to make a point about that because I I don't know why you wouldn't download the URA since it's so easy to use and free to download. So it's great with all these different readers. Yeah, it really is. No, it's um, something we've been working on for many, many years. So it's, it's really come a long way and it can be really useful. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Debbie. I appreciate your time. I know that you had to take time to come talk to us today. And I appreciate learning more about these reader modules because I know that I did not know half as much as I should have before I got on this call. And now I'm excited that I know more and I could actually set one up, um, which is kind of awesome. So I do have one fun fact question here before you go. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. All right. So what is your favorite thing about working with RFID? Um, my favorite thing is the amazing wide variety of applications that RAIN UHF RFID can be used for and the really creative technical designs that different engineers use to address all sorts of business problems. So, for example, we go from tracking the inventory of supplies in the International Space Station to keeping miners safe underground. So, in underground mines, there can be a need to locate mobile equipment in real time, and GPS does not work underground. So the need was addressed by what we call kind of reverse RFID, where you place the tags throughout the mine tunnels, and then the thing magic modules are built into the mobile equipment, like vehicles that are transporting miners. And when the vehicle passes by a tag that's on the tunnel ceiling, the location and a timestamp are reported back to headquarters via Wi-Fi. And that way they know where their people and where their equipment is. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good safety feature. And I know, yeah, GPS doesn't work, you know, tunnels or underground situations. So before that, I don't even know what they did for safety measures down there. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> I think we'd have to ask. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's really cool that they're using it on the space station, too. Yeah. So in the International Space Station, NASA's been using the M6E in smart containers to track the usage of consumable supplies and then report that back to NASA headquarters. Periodically, NASA sends spacecraft to the space station to replenish supplies. And this way, they know what they really need and what they don't need, so the correct items are transported. And the M6E was really a great choice because it's very light, powerful, and reliable. So it's been up there for a few years now. Oh, wow. That is really cool. 
So inventory tracking in space, and now the M6 reader has been up there, or the M6, is it the M6E or the M6 reader? M6E module. M6E module is up there. I, I know I'll never be in space, so <laughs> <laughs> it's got a leg up on me. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time again. We really, really love having you on, and you're welcome to come on anytime. Thank you very much. This is uh, really fun to talk about. I love this stuff. Yeah, I know. I know. It makes us pretty big RFID nerds. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. To find more information on today's episode and all past episodes, go to rfidinsider.com and be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. <laughs> <laughs>